All right, folks, for the download button on a Survivalist Podcast. As always, folks, you can catch all of our old episodes at survivalistpodcast.org and on iTunes and uh, Google and all of the places uh, where podcasts are available. By the way, folks, always remember to like and subscribe so you get the new episodes as soon as they get uploaded. Uh, very, very important. Uh, so you get the latest episodes all the time. So, folks, uh, no show uh, last week. I was actually traveling uh, last week for work, so uh, no show uh, last week. But uh, we had two shows in one week the week before that, so uh, you know we made up for it. But, uh, folks, I want to talk to something that's uh, talk about something this week that's kind of near and, and dear to my heart, I guess, uh, is bow hunting. Uh, bow hunting season opens up here in Pennsylvania on Saturday. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I look forward to this every year. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a little late this year getting the, the doe permit. I, don't, I didn't get one this year. Uh, they're already all taken by the time uh, it was time to get my license. They opened that up uh, usually July 1st, and, and usually by like the end of the end of July, they're usually all pretty well, pretty well chewed up. So, uh, I didn't get, I did not get a, I didn't get a, a, a doe permit this year, but, uh, I got a buck tag. Uh, you know, folks, for, for me going hunting is one of those things where, uh, you know, it's an enjoyment thing for me. Uh, you know, I do, I do, we do like the meat. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, you get one deer and that can pack your freezer, uh, you know, for the whole winter and a good part of the, you know, into the season. I know myself. You're you're allowed actually in PA. You're allowed up to three doe tags. Uh, I only ever got one, and I only ever, you know. But you're allowed up to one buck. But like I said, you know, I you know when I was younger, there was actually a doe season, and uh, they don't have that anymore in PA. You have to actually get a permit. They say it's a little bit better way of them controlling population and and controlling all that. But I I don't know. I'm I, I kind of liked it when there was a doe season, but they, I guess they said too many people were taking does out the, out of the woods. So that's why they they have the doe permits. I don't think it's right that you get the three per, you get the three, you know, the three for one person. I think everybody should get one, so you can get one buck, one doe, and that's enough. But, uh, you know, archery season, like I said, is starting up uh, this Saturday. And let me tell you, folks, archery is archery is something I can sit here and probably do multiple podcasts on. Uh, I've been an archery hunter most of my life. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I mean, I'm a gun hunter. I like to go gun hunting, but. Uh, archery is, is really my thing. If anybody that will tell you that will tell you knows me, uh, usually archery season is my go-to season. Uh, usually, I actually will take uh, right after the rut happens. I will usually right, right around the time rut season. Uh, I will usually take a week off and uh, and go bow hunt and go bow hunting a whole week. But uh, I'm not sure I'll be doing that this year. Uh, I was actually out, like I said last. Uh, actually, I was doing some traveling and stuff like that, so I don't think I'll be doing that this year. But uh, you know, usually I do. It's it's one of my favorite seasons. Something I always like. Uh, no orange. You don't know, remember the orange. Uh, the first couple, the first couple of weeks of bow season. Uh, the people out in the woods seem to be. It's a little. There's not as many people out in the woods. Uh, you know, there's the people that are out in the woods are a little bit different sometimes uh, than the people that are running gun season. People seem to be a little more laid back during archery season. People aren't as on top of each other. It's not that dense. Uh, it just seems to be a little bit better environment. The first couple of weeks of of, uh, of archery season usually are so so. Uh, right after that rut happens uh, is usually when you can really get into uh, archery season and and really and once after that rut happens, then you can go ahead and that's usually when you can rattle in the bucks and and all that kind of stuff. You can uh, you know make your your burrs in the trees and stuff like that, and uh, that's usually right around the rut is your prime time. Uh, you know you can use the uh, 
you know, the scent or the, uh, the, 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 actually, well, uh, the urine and all that. And you can actually, you know, really get a good opportunity to get in a book, especially if you're, you know, especially if it's blowing down wind, uh, you know, you usually can do pretty good with that. Uh, you can actually buy the, the actual urine. I know it sounds terrible, but uh, you can actually buy the urine uh, or actually know people that actually will get a dough and will actually save the urine. I don't go that far, but you can actually do that. Uh, I know a lot of guys that have actually done that. Uh, I don't, but uh, I usually will just buy it. That's good enough for me. Uh, but I do know quite a few guys that will actually go ahead and uh, and and actually will actually get get their dough and, and then they'll actually use the urine for the for, you know, taking the buck. But uh, I, like I said, I don't really do that, but you can do that if you like. So one of the things that I have to point out, folks, uh, one of the things that I said, I've always said this is probably the most dangerous uh, part of bow season uh, is actually always the, it's always the tree stands. Uh, you always hear horror stories about people in tree stands, by the way, this time of year. Uh, folks, I will say one thing. I actually do climb, uh, but I will tell you this, though. If, if you're going to climb, make sure you're wearing a good harness, uh, not, I'm not talking like a cheap $20 harness. I'm talking like a good harness, uh, safety harness, obviously. Uh, if you're going to use a climbing tree stand, always make sure you're buckled in. Uh, and if you're going to put up a, a tree stand, you really, really, really need to make sure that you're up high on the, that you're, you're up, not only, remember one thing, folks, you're in the tree stands, you're trying to stay above the scent line. That's the most important thing with this. Is you want to be above the scent line so they don't smell you. And one of the things you're going to want to do with this, folks, Remember, it's not like gun hunting. So if those of you that have never archery hunted before, uh, you're going to get really right on right on top of the animal uh, within 20, 30 yards. And one of the things you want to make sure you do, folks, is if you're going to be putting up a tree stand, you want to make sure, folks, that you get it, you know, at, at least make sure you pick a healthy tree. And, and make sure you have a tree that's not, you know, not in bad shape. It's in good shape. It's a good, healthy tree. You'll know it when you see it. Okay, and, and that's what you do. You make sure, folks, that you get a good, healthy tree, and you put your tree stand up on it, and then you're actually going to be above the scent line, and that's really, really important. Um, other thing, too, if, when you, if you are going to be bow hunting, like I said, you are going to be within 20, 30 yards of them, uh, make sure you sight your bow in. I see a lot of guys that they don't really, they go out and they buy their first bow, and they, they don't know, they don't sight it, they don't take the time to sight it in, they don't take the time to practice with it. Uh, they don't take any of that time to really get that bow and and get it in, get it right, get it adjusted properly. Uh, I recommend anywhere between fifty to seventy pounds on the pole. Uh, that is completely up to you. Uh, you're gonna need when you go to an archery shop. I'm not talking just field. I'm talking you need to go to an archery shop. There's you can always find one online. Um, your local archer and they will actually adjust the bow for you. They will set you up. Uh, now there's the, the bows have really changed a lot over the years since I first started. Uh, usually I remember when I was a kid, you always had the peephole and you look through the peephole and then look through the other part and it would, uh, you had a good, good view and that would be how you lined it up through your sights. Uh, nowadays you have, I mean, they're so advanced now you have uh, laser sights. Uh, my, I mean, the list just goes on and on. If you have laser sights, you have all different kinds of, uh, bow, uh, uh, arrow knocks and holders now and all that uh they're, they're really really different and now you have the mechanism as well the pulling mechanism uh that locks it back and all that so there's there's a lot of they really really changed and one thing too folks if you're when you pick your like i said when you go and buy your bow you're gonna have to make a decision uh what you want i recommend either getting a hoyt or a psa uh, i like psa a little bit better because they're really really light uh and, and i find them they're a little bit easier to get through the woods with your Hoyt bows, I, I I think they're a little more for competition bows. They're a little bit heavier, and I'm not really a huge fan of them. I find them sometimes a little bit heavy, a little awkward. 
but you're going to want to make, you're going to want to go there. You're going to go to an archery shop. Don't buy it online. This is something you actually really going to have to go to a store because you, this is something that's going to be tailored for you. Okay. It's just like, you know, it's not like just going and buying a gun. This is a piece of equipment that you're going, that's going to have to be tailored fit for you. It's got to be the right weight for you. It's got to be the right pull for you. It has to be the right knock for you. Not the knock is see where you put the arrow in. The sights have to be right. Everything's got to be set up. It's your bow. It, a bow is not the kind of thing where somebody else can pick it up and use it. It's got to be one of those things that, that's really, really, really set up for you. Um, you know, and obviously you have your all different kinds of arrows. You have your, obviously your plastic arrows, your fiber arrows, your uh, aluminum arrows. Um, I, again, that's, again, that's all going to depend on you folks. What you want to do, you know, what, what, what you're comfortable with. Uh, it's all going to depend on the arrow you get, what kind of setup you want, all that. So just remember all that when you go to get that bow because it's going to be specifically set up for you. And, I mean, the bow is, is something that if, if it's not right, you're not, I mean, you're not going to be able to do it. And the other thing, too, when, you, when you're actually at the archery shop, uh, one of the things you're going to have to do, folks, is you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to use a release, which you hook on your your you know your string in the back, pull and the weight will be most of the pull will be on your wrist and then when you line it up you pull the the release lever and the lever releases and the arrow goes flying with the wire okay are you going to use release or are you going to pull with your fingers i will tell you this there are two it's two different feelings using your fingers and using uh uh, a uh and using a release are two different feelings okay it's totally different the arrow it, it really this is something you're going to really have to decide what you want to do. If you're going to be using a, a knock that uh, is actually with a, a brush knock where the arrow goes through one direction only, okay, you're going to want to probably use the release because that is going to probably aim the arrow up. When you release, it's going to go right through the knock. The arrow just goes right through the brush. Okay, if you're going to be using uh, one, you know, a knock that you hold with your thumb and you, you're going to probably end up pulling release because there you're going to have to coordinate your finger releases at the same time. So uh, very, very important, folks. There's a lot to know with this kind of thing. And if you're really, really unsure, uh, make sure you talk to the right person. Also, two folks, by the way, it is legal now for somebody who's not disabled to hunt with a crossbow. So that's something else you got to make a different a think of, too. Depending, look at the one thing to think of is what kind of tree stand you're in. Are you able to pull? Do you have any shoulder issues? Do you have, okay, if there's something, okay, and, and I'm telling you one thing uh, a, a definitely a crossbow versus a regular, uh, you know, compound bow is going to be totally different okay so you have really had to make a decision on what you want to do go try both now remember a couple of times they have outlawed the crossbow for archery hunters they've done it they've undone it they've done it they've undone it a couple times over okay so think about that when you buy your bow because it's going to be an investment okay you're probably going to spend a couple hundred bucks Okay, on a good one. And like I said, get a Hoyt or a PSE. Don't get a no-name, a knockoff, okay? Get something good because if that string snaps on you, okay, you could you could really could hurt yourself. It could be you could have some serious injuries. So get a good bow. Don't get a used one. This is something you need to buy brand new. I don't say that very often on this podcast, but this is a product you need to buy brand new, okay? And one of the things, folks, I want to point out too, folks, is that when you actually... Okay, get your your bow and all that. Okay, and you get your first kill. Okay, you're gonna be field dressing that deer. Okay, now those of you who know field dressing, what's gonna happen is once you take that animal, okay, you're gonna have to gut. You're gonna have to gut that animal there. Leave the gut pile there. Okay, don't worry about the gut pile. The coyote will eat it. 
Okay, and you have to make sure you clean out all the insides. You're gonna clean out the, the you know the guts, the lungs, the heart, the liver. You can keep that stuff if you want to eat it. Some people like the heart, liver, and kidney. I don't. Okay, and then you're gonna want to make sure you clear out the you know anything that could be toxic to you. Uh, you know, your colon bag, your rectum, all that kind of stuff. I know it sounds a little crazy, but you got to make sure that deer is safe to eat. Okay. You know what you need when you're doing this? Okay. The sharp knife. Okay. Get a good knife. Okay. A buck, buck knife is the best. I will tell you this. I swear by buck. That's the only thing I bring in with me when I go hunting is a buck knife. Okay. You know what that buck knife needs to be? It needs to be sharp. Okay. Right, let me tell you something, okay? You need a sharp knife, okay? And that brings me to our sponsor of the day, okay? Bear Edge Sharpening. Okay, they're a small local company, okay, right up here in Pennsylvania where I am, okay? We recommend him, okay? His name is Richard, okay? He, okay, if you tell him you heard about him, on, you'd heard about him on the Survivalist podcast, okay? And contact him at 570-580-0583, or you can email him at bearedgesharpening at gmail.com, okay? He's our sponsor of the day for this show. Okay, it doesn't matter whether you're using, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of knife you're using, you need a sharp knife, okay? Let me tell you something, folks, you can get hurt sometimes worse from a dull knife than you can from a sharp knife. I mean, serious, folks, I, more people get hurt from dull knife than you with sharp knife, especially in the woods. You do not want to be cut or injured in the woods from a knife, okay? Get a sharp knife, okay? Again, it's bare edge sharpening. Hey, 570-580-0583. Okay, his name is Richard. Okay, again, bearedgesharpening at gmail.com. All right, you can find his all of his information, by the way, in the show notes as well. It'll be in the show notes on our site, survivalspodcast.org. Okay, bearedge, okay, bearedge sharpening. Okay, they are, like I said, they're a local company up here. They're not a huge, you know, conglomerate or anything like that. You call, you're going to get rich. Okay, you email, he's going to respond to your email. Okay, it's a good local company. Okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He sharpened knives before. All right, for me, they're sharp, they're nice, you can, okay, they're, he's, he knows what he's doing. Okay, folks, it doesn't matter if you need a knife for hunting, you need a knife, you know, your kitchen knives sharpen, any of that stuff, okay? He takes orders, you can ship the knives to him, all that kind of stuff, okay? This is a, this is a family owned, you know, small family owned operation, okay? I mean, th- th- this is the kind of people you want to do business with, okay? Let, let's keep you know, let's keep using, let's use small business, okay? All, the only sponsors we take on this podcast are small business owners, okay? Because that's what the, that's what Survivors Podcast is all about, okay? We're not, okay? We, we support local people trying to make a local living, okay? That's what this show is about. It's about people, small business supporting other small business, okay? Again, Richard, okay, Bear Edge Sharpening, okay, at gmail.com, 570-580-0583, Bare Edge Sharpening, and that's Richard. He's the official sponsor for today's show, okay? And like I said, folks, you need make sure you get a good, sharp knife because I'm telling you right now, try cutting through that carcass, and let me tell you, it's, it's a nightmare and a half if you don't have a good knife, okay? Also, too, folks, by the way, I'd like to point out as well, uh, with the knives you're going to get, not only can you, not only can you gut the animal, okay, they're also on the back have a little hook, okay? That's, that's actually you cut and you peel, Okay, that's the that's your parer, your peeler. Okay, makes getting the first. Remember, one thing you're gonna have to cut through the skin, then the muscle, then the fat. All right, so that's very very important. Okay, get a good knife. Like I said, buck is what I recommend. They're a little pricey. I know they are expensive, guys, but you get get a good knife. You get what you pay for. And then plus two, it's a knife that you'll have. You can hand down to your kids and all that kind of stuff because they do last forever. You get them sharpened. 
All right, you take care of it. You take care of the tool. Tool takes care of you. All right. So, like I said, folks, make sure that you get a good knife. That's one thing you're going to need. Your knife and your bow. Without those two things, you're in trouble. Also, too, folks, I want to point out hunting gear. Okay. Now, remember, you're you're not gun hunting. You're not going to be a thousand yards away when you pull the trigger. Okay. This animal is going to be within 20, 30 feet of you. Okay. Sometimes even 10, 10 yards, 20 yards. I mean, it, it's they're close. Okay. So what I recommend, all right, those if you don't have it, you don't need it to start, but I recommend you get yourself a decent range finder. A decent range finder, okay, online will run you probably, yeah, I would say probably maybe, maybe 80 bucks, 100 bucks, okay? Now, I'm not saying you have to have it, but it's something that I found very useful, okay? Because remember, you got three sites. You're going to have your 10, your 20, your 30. Okay, you're going to want to know how far away the animal is so you know to use the right, the right site. Okay, very, very important. All right, make sure you use the right site so you don't miss. The other thing, folks, you're going to want to do, okay, get a pair of binoculars. You don't need an expensive pair. You can get a cheap $10 pair. Okay, let me tell you something. When you're bow hunting, it's not like gun hunting. Okay, you're going to probably, I guarantee you, first thing you're going to do when you get up in that tree, so you're going to knock the arrow. Okay, then you're probably going to set, you know, set yourself up where the bow is either hanging on a branch, hanging on a hook, whatever. Okay, those binoculars can look out and tell you when something's coming. Okay, when you know something's coming, then you switch over to your range finder. You're going to watch the range, watch him come in, watch him come in, come and follow him in. Once he gets, the closer he gets, if he looks like he's going to veer off, you know, he's not going to come in as close. If he's at least 30, at least 30 yards or so away, 30 feet away, you can take your shot, okay? But, okay? but I'm going to tell you right now, okay, if you see him coming in and you try to take that shot at 30, sometimes even, you know, some, some guys try to shoot 40 yards, 50 yards away, you can probably do maybe do that on a, on a crossbow. You're not going to be able to do that on a compound bow. Don't even try. You're not going to kill the animal. All you can do is going to wound it and scare it off. Okay, and bow hunting, remember, is, is, is a game of patience. You know, with gun hunting, when you see the animal, you, sh- you know how far your gun can go, you shoot good. Okay, a lot of times with bow hunting, you're going to have to sit perfectly still and wait him out. Okay, he's probably going to, okay, you have to, okay, you have to wait for, the, it's not like gun hunting. Okay, so it's totally different. You're going to have to wait him out sometimes. Another thing is, too, you don't want to get him startled. So I strongly recommend those guys, you guys that are, you know, that are wearing, you guys that your hunting equipment and all that kind of stuff. Okay, make sure you watch the stuff in a scent-free wash, in a scent-free soap, okay? When you do your laundry and you're washing hunting clothes separate, you're going to put this, this, this scent-free. You can find it. It's like three, four bucks for a big container. So it'll probably last, I've, I've had the same bottle probably t- 10 years. You only use it to wash your hunting clothes once a year with it. Okay, you're going to put that stuff. You're going to wash the clothes. Okay, then you're going to take those clothes and you're going to air dry them outside on, on a line over the, over the side of the porch, whatever. Once they're dry, if you're going to bring them inside, you're going to put them in a, in a black plastic bag, tie it up, okay? And you're going to let those clothes either sit outside, to, okay, to you go outside and wear them. Or you're going to bring them inside and let them sit in a room in a black plastic bag to keep the scent off them, okay? If they get a whiff of scent, they are, will be gone. Remember, yes, you're above the scent line, but you can, you're going to kick up, you can kick up scent, especially when you're walking in. Okay, when you are bow hunting, you need to make sure you're wearing rubber boots, your good rubber hunting boots. Spray them down with scent free. Okay, you can get the look, you get the can of that stuff for like three bucks. Okay, spray your boots down with scent free after before you walk into the woods. Okay, it will help keep the scent down. 
All right, very, very important. You don't want them to smell anything. Also, too, guys, um, you know, women, maybe not an issue, but for guys, if you're going to go, a lot of guys like to shave before they go out, don't. They'll smell that aftershave. They'll smell that, they'll smell any of that stuff. Like the, the, they'll smell the, they actually will smell, you know, the stuff that's on the razor. They'll smell the, you know, the shaving cream. Uh, they'll smell all that stuff. So, guys, I mean, I hate to say this, but don't shave before you go out. Ladies, I know you're listening. Don't shave anything. Legs, nothing. But, okay, because I'm telling you, they will smell that stuff coming in. Even your toothpaste. You should really use a scent-free toothpaste. I know this sounds a little nuts, okay? But you really should use a scent-free toothpaste, okay? Um, very important. You can buy it, you know, at a hunting store. You're not going to find something like that at CVS, but you can use it to scent-free teeth. If you want to brush your teeth in the morning, uh, don't use any hair gel, hairspray, Anything like that on your hair in the morning. Uh, when you shower the night before, they actually do have a scent wash where you can actually wash yourself, wash your hair, um, and you know soap that's scent free. Believe it or not, if you if you know you you use Dial soap the night before when you take a shower, and you use you know whatever Tresemme in your hair or like that, they're going they can actually smell that. So you're going to use a scent free soap and all that to wash yourself the night before. I know it sounds a little ridiculous, but trust me, you are bow hunting. These animals are going to get right up on top of you. You cannot, cannot have any scent on you. They they'll, they'll smell and they'll be and they'll be gone. Or they won't even. They, some of them, if you're especially if you're downwind on a day, we got you're downwind. They will if they get a whiff of it, or upwind. I'm sorry, if you're upwind and they're downwind, they they won't even walk up on you. They'll they'll smell it. So very, all that stuff, very, very important. Um, also, two guys, like I said, um, I know it's going to sound a little ridiculous. If you're going to be up in the tree stand for a lot of hours, make sure you bring something to pee into. Ladies, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how you're going to handle this situation. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a guy. I have no idea. But I know guys, especially, you, they actually sell the scent-free bottles, um, and you can actually pee in them. Uh, whatever you do, I see guys stop on time signs and pee in the bottom of the tree before they climb up. You might as well just hand that deer, like, you're not going to get anything. That deer's going to smell that walking up on you. So if you actually are going to, if you're going to actually, like I said, if you have to go to the bathroom, you're going to, you pee into the jar and it, it actually holds the scent in, close it, put it back in the bed, the hunting bag, so you don't have to, you know, so they don't smell any of that, because that's, that's like a dead giveaway, believe it or not. I see a lot of guys make mistakes like that. They come down from the tree, go to the bathroom, climb back up. That animal's going to smell that. So uh, very, very important. You're, they know the difference between your pee, their pee, all that stuff. It, it, believe it or not, they, they know. Remember one thing, folks. When you are in the woods, uh, everything in the woods is natural. I, I tell you, I've been in the woods uh, a couple times in my tree stand or, or even hiking or, or, you know, just walking around, doing whatever. And, and, and if you're in a real, like, now I'm not talking like, like here, you know, if you're in your home, we have houses and all that's a little bit different. But um, if you're in the, in the woods, like on state game land and somebody's smoking upwind from you, you will smell it because it, everything in the woods is natural and that's not a natural smell and it, it, it blows right down when you smell it no problem um so that's another thing you got to be very very careful with that kind of stuff always make sure uh you know no smoking obviously none of that stuff but all oh, remember the woods are natural most of the stuff we bring in the woods is not natural so you know it's very important if you have to go to the bathroom in the woods like number two guys make sure you bring a shovel and bury it i know it sounds disgusting but you don't want to leave any traces behind uh, smell. So that's something very, very important. Especially, And the reason why the scents are so important, guys, is because the scent can linger for a couple of days. So if you're going to be hunting that same spot two, three days, 
every time you get down under a tree stand, you got to smell it. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. So the you know, you got to really make sure you cover up that scent and, and all that, because if you're going to be hunting that spot a couple of days or even all season, um, you know, the only thing, folks, I am going to tell you is if you are uh, going to go hunting, by the way, on the state game lands, uh, two weeks prior to hunting season uh, and two weeks after hunting season is over, the tree stands must be removed. I will tell you this. If you are going to hunt on state game lands, I strongly recommend that either use a climbing tree stand or you use uh, either one with a, a ladder tree stand because they're pretty cheap. Or something like that. The the climbing tree stand is nice because you can climb up and then and then take it with you, or, cl- or you climb down and take it with you. Uh, the climbing the the ladder tree stands aren't really too expensive. Um, they're they're like one hundred and fifty bucks. They're not too bad. Um, but if you're going to be hunting on a state game, don't use a, a really really pricey tree stand. I'll tell you, folks. Uh, usually on a state game, I usually use a climbing tree stand uh, just because of convenience. Two one and and two bit just. I've had a lot of problems with people stealing my stuff, my my tree stands on game land, or taking a part of my tree stand on, on because you know when it's on the game lands, people think, oh, it's here, I'll just use this one. Um, so that's another thing you have to worry about on state lands. I know they say you can chain them to the trees, but you know the old saying, locks keep the honest robber out. So uh, if you're going to be hunting on the state lands, I really recommend don't either, like I said, a climbing tree stand or just. A lot of times if I'm hunting on state games, game lands, um, I will actually use a blind. Uh, I know it's not the most efficient thing in the world, and I know it's not really keep, keeping you above the scent line, but uh, what I'll do, I'll put the blind out, and then I'll, do, I'll spray it down with no scent, and uh, then what I'll do, I'll get in the tree stand, or in the tree stand, in the blind, and, and I'm obviously pretty scent-free from all the stuff I told you about, and I've actually done pretty good in the blind. I actually have had sometimes, like if I have, I've actually had a friend's son with me, or my daughter, she's went with me, um, the kids especially really young really if they're not familiar with climbing some of that and it's, it's not as safe if you have a one-person tree stand you can't have two people up there so sometimes if i have like you know a little one with me or sometimes uh you know something like that, i'll bring or if i have a buddy with me you know want to talk over hanging you know something uh we'll get we'll put the blind up we'll be in the blind we've actually done pretty well with that uh the blind is a little bit safer and, and some people don't like to climb you may be somebody says i'm not climbing i don't trust cheese chance i don't trust trees i don't you know i don't like heights no, oh, whatever. So you can use the blind. You can get a blind for, for I mean, the, the good ones are going to cost you. Um, but I actually got a tree. I actually have a blind. I think I spent, I think I spent like 200 for that one, which is a little bit pricey. You can actually get them cheaper online. I've seen them like one, 150. Uh, you know, it's, they unzip and all that. Some of them, some of them are a little extravagant. Uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm only out the day or so. Uh, but, but if you're actually in an area where you can actually leave your blind up, uh, I know a friend of mine, he hunts his own property mostly, and he actually has a really nice blind. They paid, I think, 500 for but it. But again, you know, it's on his property. It stays up all year long. Uh, you can actually get one of them. Uh, you know, it really depends on you. But if you're going to go, sometimes you're going to go in state land. Like I said, I usually climbing tree stand or I'll bring the blind out. Um, and believe it or not, sometimes, folks, believe it or not, I've actually, uh, when I've actually went out, uh, sometimes I'll just even... Land, you know, sit on the ground with a billy with a, with a ghillie suit on. Uh, I've done that as well. Uh, ghillie suits aren't expensive. You can get a good one for like fifty, seventy five bucks. Uh, and you know, they're actually not too bad either, folks. You can actually get a ghillie suit. Uh, you know, and and they're actually not too bad. You can sit on the ground. They're pretty light too. Remember too, uh, you know, hunting season around here starts like you know, archery is like six weeks as the first from the first week of October till Thanksgiving, and. Too remember too, it's a little warmer. It's not as cold, so you're not going to be wearing gloves and all that. So uh, something like that, especially if you get like an 80 degree day and you're out in the middle of the afternoon, uh, something like that could really, you know, really keep you kind of um, from sweating. Because remember too, if you sweat, you're going to smell too, and they're going to smell smell that. So you want to think, you want to look at the weather the night before you go out and say, okay, well, it's going to be 80 degrees tomorrow. 
you know, maybe I'll just wear a ghillie suit or maybe I'll wear a T-shirt and, uh, you know, and, and long pants and, and boots and I'll just, you know, the boots should always be rubber no matter what. But, you know, you want to make sure you don't sweat. So, and, and again, you know, it's depending on where you are. I know Bosey, especially out west, especially, you know, you, you're going out in the, sometimes it can be 100 degrees out. So you want to, you know, take the weather into consideration. Always bring, I always tell everybody if you're going to go hunting, especially here in Pennsylvania, always bring rain gear. I usually bring like a, a camel poncho and I'll just throw it over myself if it starts raining or something like that. I'll just, you know, especially if I'm sitting there, a lot of times I'll bring a chair and just sit, especially if I'm only going to be out a couple hours. I'm not going to worry about bringing the climbing tree stand and all that. I'll just sit in the chair with the bow knocked and just sit there and, you know, relax a little bit. I mean, if I get something, I get something I don't know. But, uh, very, you know, again, it's one of those kinds of things. You're going to need to know what you're doing, you know, what you know, what you're going to do. Uh, one thing I will tell you, though, folks, is if you are going to be doing a lot of stuff on the ground, uh, the compound bone should work. Compound bow should work really nicely. Uh, some people, I will tell you, though, will, like a couple of my buddies that use the blinds, sometimes it can be a little bit awkward with a compound bow. You may want to think about a crossbow, you, you know, depending on what you're doing. Also, too, if you're going to be in any type of, because I know a buddy of mine, he's got uh, quite a bit. He's got 100 acres, and he has, uh, you know, all tree stands on it, and they're the um, the ones with the roof on them. And I know sometimes when I go to, again, sh- the compound bolts sometimes can really be tough. You have to either open the door or something like that. A lot of times what I'll actually do, I'll actually bring, I'll actually use the compound bow. I just or the crossbow because sometimes shooting at the window, the crossbow. I mean, you can't turn really shoot. The, you know, you see in the movies where Robin Hood shoots the crossbow sideways or the bow side. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you can't really shoot a compound bow or regular bow sideways. Um, so you could I mean it, it's not. You could, but it's not going to be accurate. You're not going to kill anything. So uh, a lot of times, if I'm going to one of those strands, I'll just bring the bring the crossbow with me, and and that seems to work pretty well. Uh, you know, you'll adapt, and as you've got some experience. Uh, you know, you'll learn, you know, what really works for you, what doesn't work for you, where's a good spot, where's not a good spot. Um, I strongly recommend folks to, uh, especially with bow hunting, like I said, bow hunting is really a, a, an art. Uh, and, and gun hunting is difficult too, but I think bow hunting is a lot more. It's really more about the hunt. Because remember, with with, with a bow, remember one thing, folks, when you're shooting with a bow, uh, you know, you're going for a blood kill. You know, you're going to hit the animal and it's going to bleed out and it's going to die, whereas the when you're doing a, a you know gun hunting, you're, you're shooting and it's, it's it's ripping through the animal. It's gonna probably you know it's it's doing blunt force trauma. So it's a little bit different. So uh, one of the things that you recommend is is you can get yourself and I, and, I've, and I've said this a million times. You don't have to spend a lot of money on hunting gear. It depends on how much you want to spend. What I usually tell everybody to do um, is if you know where your tree you want to put your tree stand, you really should put the tree stand there uh, and put the scout camera there. And, and just see what goes by. I, a lot of times, too, what I'll be doing uh, probably about a month before Bo is in starts, uh, I'll put a scout cam out and, and just see what comes by, uh, you know, and, and just see what I get. I mean, sometimes I get, you know, and that, that's a good way of knowing what kind of spot you're going to have. Uh, one year, I and, and let me tell you something, too, folks. I would like to point out, too, that uh, while trail cams and scout cams are great and I really enjoy putting them up and I love seeing what I get, regardless of whether I'm hunting or not, I really like to see the wildlife and I really do enjoy the outdoors. Uh, one of the things I, I will tell you that is is that you can put that scout cam up and and you can go back once a week and get the video or the pictures or whatever you choose to buy. Uh, and by the way, folks, scout cams can go from fifty bucks to like a thousand bucks. So uh, one thing I will tell you though, like I said, folks, if you if you're gonna put the scout cam there, you're gonna go back every week and get your stuff every four or five days usually. Uh, I will tell you though that if you are gonna do that. Um, Eventually, the animal's patterns will change. I'll tell you why. One, from you walking in the woods, uh, if you're only disturbing it once a week, you should be okay. But 
Um, once once Bo re- Bo season really starts, really kicks off, especially after the rut, and there's a lot of people in the woods, uh, the animals' patterns are going to change. Uh, so while that while you're going to see what's walking by, uh, it may not, it very well may not be there uh, the following week. So that's something, folks, to to really remember and and really think about. When, when you actually are putting up your scout cam, uh, you know, especially, you know, once you start getting that, uh, see, once you start really getting heavy in the woods with people, uh, I will tell you this folks, there is, there is a second archery season, by the way, folks, a lot of people don't know this, that is actually after, uh, bu- that's actually at the end. It's, it's the last season after buck season and you can actually go in and that is actually the time in Pennsylvania. I don't know how it is in every state, but I know in Pennsylvania, that is actually the one time where you can go in in the season, you can use your buck tag as a doe tag. Um, but I will tell you this. I have gone out that second part of the season after gun season with my, um, with my archery badge and my archery license. And I will tell you, uh, yeah, I can, you can use your buck tag as a doe tag. The second part's four weeks. First of all, when you're out there, it's really bitter cold compared to the, uh, you know, you're out there, um, you know, in Jan- you know, January where you were out there in October. So it is really cold. And I will tell you that that part of the season, especially after you've had, you know, archery, black powder, uh, you know, a gobbler, you've had, you know, another round of buck, another round of gun. Uh, by the time you get out there, the, 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 the deer are pretty well picked out. Um, you can I've, I've, I mean, I've gotten lucky. I'm not gonna lie. I've gotten lucky out there. I usually, like I said, I usually get my deer by the end of the first, uh, doe season, but at the end of the first archery season, excuse me, uh, my doe or my buck. But uh, I have gone out the second part when I didn't have a, a, do, a doe tag. I've actually gone out the second part of archery where I can actually use my buck tag as a doe tag. And I have gone out and I have actually done pretty well. So um, like I said, it's not something, I mean, it's not something I would recommend like saying, okay, well, I'll just wait to the end of the season to do it. But it is something where if you haven't filled a tag and you really do need the meat, uh, you can go out, like I said, the last... I think it's in January. I think it's the end. Of, I think it's like the end of middle of first to middle of January. It's right in the new year. Like I said, it's like later. It's either the first week of January or later in January into February. But it is, like I said, it, you know, you can actually use the tag then if you have one extra. Um, like I said, I, I have gone out and I've gotten lucky. But usually by that part of the season, they're usually the deer usually picked pretty clean. Uh, also, two folks, I want to point out too. If you look at the weather too before you go out, not not only do so you have the appropriate gear to go out with, but uh, also, too, folks, uh, I've been hunting most of my life, and I will tell you that come, if you get a really rough day with a lot of wind, a lot of noise in the woods, a lot of rain, a lot of this, a lot of, the, the, the deer just don't move. Uh, I mean, honestly, folks, I, I've, been, I've gone out almost every weather you can imagine. Um, if you get a really, really, really bitter cold day, um, you know, the rain, it's raining, it's windy, you know, the leaves are rustling on the trees, the, you know, you, 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 know, you hear the noise, every time the wind howls, you hear the trees moving on, uh, they, they're not going to move, they, they're, they're just not. Um, I've sat out there for hours, and a couple times, I never forget, I sat in a tree stand for a good, good couple hours, froze, uh, with the wind, got a little seasick in the tree moving around, and I climbed down, and I walked Walked back to the uh, walk back, and as I'm walking back, you can see a bunch of deer just just bedded down in the in in the uh, the brush. So uh, it's one of those things, folks, where you know uh, you, what you're gonna do. You're gonna have to. You're gonna really. You know, you'll gain experience as you're out there. Uh, I will tell you this, though, folks. 
Uh, when you go to shoot at your first deer, you, you, you know, you're going to be excited and all that. You have to try to calm yourself down because I know myself, first time I ever saw the deer, I was like, you know, and if, I'm still like that now as an adult. First, first deer I see the season that goes by a tree stand, you get really excited and you're, you know, your hands are shaking a little bit. You're excited. You're ready to, like, you know, the, I mean, you know, the, the kill only lasts a couple seconds. It's the, you know, the, the buildup to it that's really what hunters live for. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to be in the woods and you're going to be like, you know, great gearing up and all. And, and, you know, so it's one of those things where you have to try to keep yourself calm. And I know, believe me, I know it's hard. I'm an adult and I know it's hard. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing this most of my life and I, and I still do it sometimes. So you're going to, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to have to try to sit and just, you know, look and say, okay, I got to calm, got to stay relaxed, got to, you know, and, and go from there. So, uh, it is one of those things, like I said, so just, just remember that when you're gearing up, it, it, it's going to, you know, and especially, oh my God, especially if you have a, a young one with you, it's, a, it's either his first time hunting or it's his first time being out, he just got his license and that, you know, a t- or a mentor tag, that's, oh my God, they're going to be, the first time they see a deer shoot out there, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, it, it's one of those, I mean, it's normal, it's, you know, it's normal, it's a very, you know, thing for a, a boy, I say for anybody, boy, girl, whatever, uh, thing, you know, you see your first deer, first chance to make the kill, first chance. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big thing. So, uh, you know, but the big main thing with them is to try to keep them calm, tell, you know, and even yourself, try to say calm, cool, collected. Um, I actually had a, 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 a guy I was teaching one time, I used to go bow hunting and he was an excellent shot. Amazing with the bow, by the way. And he actually, uh, Actually went out and I said to him, I said, you're always so calm and ready. He goes, well, what I do, I do jumping jacks before uh, I practice. He goes, I do 10 jumping jacks, I'll shoot a bunch of arrows and I'll go get them and then I do 10 more jumping shooting. And that's because he said, because I know when I see that deer that I'm going to be hyper and so it, it prepares me for what I'm going to be like when I shoot. I said, that's actually is a really good idea, actually. So, I mean, that, like I said, that's, you know, something to think about. Uh, you know, by the way, folks, you know, and, and I want to point that too, before you put your, your, you know, you're going to be out in the woods, it's going to be, there's going to be sun, there's going to be weather, there's going to be, the, um, they sell a, a wax, you should really wax up the, uh, that, uh, that string on that bow, because uh, what's going to happen is that's going to sit probably a good part of the summer, unless you're somebody that takes it out and uses it like I do during this, during the summer, uh, for target practice, and I'm part of a league too, uh, so you're going to want to make sure before you go, every time put that away, or before you go out with it, or anything, always, always take the, take time to, uh, Take the wax and just wax that up. You don't have to do it every time, but I would recommend doing it uh, probably at least at least every time. This is during the season anyway, before you put it away for the you know for the one you know for the summer. Uh, always make sure you you use the wax and wax it up because that string. I mean, like I said, that string is there's a lot of tension on there, and if that goes, uh, not only can it damage you, but it will damage the the equipment as well. So. Uh, something to maintain maintenance is a big thing uh, a lot of these places by the way folks uh these archery shops I, i've known the couple of them that i've been to around here do it i'm not sure where it is where it is you guys are obviously but i know around here where if you actually go to the archery shop uh right around but right, pretty about ready to go out for the you know and, and you tell them could you look this over they'll, they'll tip, take a look but they have a machine they can put it on and all that kind of stuff and it'll check everything make sure everything's okay and all that uh, also too folks by the way i would like to point out too if you're gonna you know if you're banging it around and stuff like that, your outdoor change your sights might get a little out, so you might want to sight it in maybe every season or two. Um, I always recommend that. Even you know, remember this thing is a weapon. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's going to kill something. Uh, I point that out too. I've actually talked to them, talked to my kids and all that about that too. I see, you know, they say all the time, "Well, it's just a bow." It doesn't matter. It kills something. Well, it's not a gun. It doesn't matter. It's still a weapon that will be used to kill something. Uh, so, so make sure you bring that up with anybody who's who you're bow hunting with. Um, you know, if they see a little sloppy or something like that, um, maybe, you know, let them know because that that's something that you're, they really need to know that, you know, I mean, yes, it's not a gun, but it still is a weapon that can kill somebody. Um, also, too, folks, I would like to point out, too, 
Oh, when you're getting your arrows, by the way, I like to point this out. I, I really I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, if you're going, when you get your arrows, uh, there's a couple. There's a bunch of different broadheads. Um, you know, they're they're the ones that are like a triangle. Uh, or you have those, or you have the actual broadheads that I like um, that you actually screw on, and then when they uh, when they hit hit the animal, they open up um, and and do the damage. Or you have a couple. There's a bunch of different um, type of broadheads. Um, be aware, whatever you pick. Um, when you use the practice arrows, um, you're going to be use the practice tips, but there's nothing basically to them. Just a little nub at the top. Uh, once you add that broads head to that, um, there's going to be a real weight difference to it. Um, so if you're going to be practicing, uh, I would recommend getting the getting some broads heads, and you know, practicing shooting the target with the broads heads that you're going to use whatever you feel more comfortable. with. There's a bunch of different kinds, by the way. Uh, you know, so make sure you practice because there is going to be a weight difference uh, on that bow. That you're not going to, that you're not going to have with the practice tips. And by the way, folks, I want to point out, folks, too, there are there are practice tips, there are razor tips, there are broadheads. Uh, when you go out hunting, you must make sure that you have the right tips on those arrows. And I'll tell you why, okay, folks, because you have the razor tips, you have the practice tips, you have the broadhead tips, you have a bunch of different tips. You have tips for rabbits, tips for small game, tips for turkeys, tips for um, you know, large game, uh, you're going to want to make sure, because I will tell you this, if you get caught walk, um, in the woods, and, and, I, and I tell you, it might be, you know, even if it's an accident, um, you get caught with one arrow that's not the right kind of tip, uh, you can actually get in quite a bit of trouble with the game warden. So uh, just remember that. Always make sure that you have the right tips and all that stuff when you're getting ready to go out. Also, too, folks, want to be careful when you're walking in the woods, too, those broadheads, you know, a lot of the, these things have the knocks on the side or the, the holders on the side. You put the broadheads on. Um, you're walking with the broadheads, and you can really whack your leg pretty good. They actually do sell covers, and I know this from experience. You put the covers on, um, and it can protect you from getting a pretty nasty cut on your fingers or on your hands, especially because, I mean, you only use really one arrow. I mean, one, maybe two, the most. Um, and you're walking in with a couple of arrow and a couple of broadheads, and those things are razors. I mean, they, I mean, they're going to go through something. And I mean, you can just just like shish kebab yourself on one of them. So they do sell the covers as well. I recommend those, especially if you have small kids, guys, uh, or anybody young, uh, maybe mentored, like maybe bringing into the woods with you. I recommend you know making sure that the covers, or even when I tell sometimes too, I'll even have the kids just keep it in the case, and you know you can take it out of the case when we get to the stand. Uh, just make it safer for the equipment, safer for obviously for them more than anything else but safe for the equipment safer for everybody in the long run um when it comes to stuff like that so just something else to think about as well uh if you're gonna you know if you have somebody you're gonna be bringing in the woods with you um by the way folks like i said it, it, the main thing is to gear up and be practiced and ready to go uh it's a lot of fun archery is by my favorite season of the year i've been going out since i was a kid for archery it's my favorite time of the year things i love going out i'll go out every archery season and um but it is something to remember, even though it is a bow, it is still a weapon. So be very careful. And uh, like I said, folks, I do want to say one more time, uh, thank you to our wonderful sponsor, uh, Rich, over at uh, Bear Edge Sharpening. Again, uh, phone number 570-580-0583, uh, Bear Edge Sharpening at gmail.com. Again, the phone number 570-580-0583. And that's Rich over at Bear Edge Sharpening. At, and again, bearedgesharpening at gmail.com. And like I said, folks, uh, if you need any knife sharpening, anything, I mean, this guy, is, is he's great. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're glad he's a sponsor on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate him sponsoring the podcast, by the way. And like I said, he's really great. Any knives, house knives, uh, you know, hunting knives, any, any, anything you need sharpened, he's the man to do it. Uh, like I said, you can get all of our old episodes at 
uh, survivalistpodcast.org. Uh, and like I said, all of our, you can find our podcast at iTunes, Google, Stitcher, any place where podcasts are available. I want to thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you very much.